Hello and welcome back to QC Uncut, your source for uncut, unedited, uncensored conversation with local newsmakers. I'm your host, Sean Leary, and my guest today is Victoria Viren, who is the recipient of the Remarkable Woman Award here in the Quad Cities, and just got announced, and so we're going to talk to her about that and what that entails, how she was chosen as a Remarkable Woman of the Quad Cities, and her upcoming trip to New York, and we're both going to learn a little bit about a new talk show apparently that's you know coming out so uh, victoria thanks a lot for uh being on the show yeah of course um oh thank you for having me <laughs> <laughs> You're very welcome. So, why don't you tell, tell me a little bit about this award? This award. How how did you get nominated for it? What exactly does it entail? Um, tell us a little bit about it. So, pretty much, um, Nextstar launched like the Remarkable Women's Campaign, and it's a national initiative to recognize remarkable women um, for International Women's Day and Women's Month, and. Um, so WHBF put on their own Remarkable Women's Contest and uh, took nominations, I think back in like December or January or something. And um, I, my dad actually nominated me and um, I was, I guess, selected as one of the four finalists and WHBF decided that I was the winner. So... Yeah. What were the criteria for this competition? Um, I think I think the contest is focused on women that lead and forge away for other women. Uh, that's kind of like the motto. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, it was for. I, I think any woman could be nominated that someone saw as inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess. Um, the story that was highlighted for me, um, when I was 14, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And uh, it, I mean, any kind of brain surgery, it was a benign tumor, so non-cancerous, but any brain surgery is Mm -hmm. life-threatening. And at the time, I was, before uh, I was diagnosed, I was training to be a professional ballerina. And after the diagnosis, I was told I would have to relearn how to walk and I probably wouldn't be able to dance again. Um, Definitely not at the level that I was training at and my aspirations to actually be a professional when I grew up. Um, But long story short, I didn't let it stop me. And two months after surgery, I got back on my feet and I was dancing again and I kind of shocked my neurosurgeon and I shocked everybody Mm -hmm. Um, and since then I've been kind of my purpose is to share my story that's that's kind of what I see it as Um, and try and inspire other people that face adversities or face obstacles Um, and I teach dance classes so I not only try to share my experience with younger generations but I also get to teach technique and all that fun stuff Um, and then I'm also a mom and I go to school full-time and I feel I kind of juggle a lot but really I don't think I juggle that much but my dad thought I was enough to be called a remarkable woman and apparently WHBF did too. Uh. So yeah. 
You know, it's always good when WHPF agrees with our parents, don't you think? <laughs> right, right. Um, I was a little shocked there because I was like, there's some parental bias going on here, but... Um, the, the outside validation of a news network always just makes it different, doesn't it? Right, right. Um, so let's go back to that time when, I mean, here you are, you're 14 years old. I mean, you're just into your teens. What kind of a person were you like? Obviously, being a, a ballerina, aspiring professional ballerina, you've got to be training all the time in regards to something like that. Yeah, um, so flashback to 2008 <laughs> um, I well I had just turned 14 and I was training six out of six days out of the week mm -hmm. um, full like full days that was really all I did um, I don't know I, I had joined a, the studio that I had trained with since I was six I when I was 10, I was invited to start performing with the company and training with the company. So I became an apprentice and then I moved up to being a trainee um, and I was starting to network. This was out in California, so I was making connections and um, I had everything pretty much lined up to you know, be on my way to join a professional company somewhere. I didn't know if it was going to be, you know, overseas, if it was going to be somewhere in the U.S. I wasn't sure. I just knew I wanted to dance. Um, but, yeah, once I, I actually, so it all started, um, I was in a summer intensive dance program mm -hmm. and we were in practice and um, I had this like dizzy episode and I fell to the floor and I kind of blacked out and things got fuzzy and the whole room was spinning and um, ever since that I started seeing my pediatrician. Um, we didn't really know what was going on for a while. We thought maybe I had mono, maybe it was this or that. Um, had lots of tests done and everything came back negative. And then my pediatrician was like, well, let's go take an MRI. Let's see what's, you know, does this rule things out? Um, and immediately we heard back that I had a tumor. And from there, pretty much everything um, was turned upside down. and. I didn't really have a whole lot of time to process mm -hmm. uh, what was happening. I was just scared and didn't know what everything meant. Um, but then within a week, I had already spoken to my neurosurgeon and I was scheduled for my first surgery. Mm -hmm. um, and I was told, you know, when I first had the diagnosis, we didn't know, um, we didn't know if it was malignant or if it was benign. We just knew we had to get it out. Um, so, yeah, we we had I had surgery. I'm saying we, but because I'm thinking of my parents, right. they were going through all this with me. Um, but I had surgery, and when I came out, I sure enough couldn't walk um, very well because the tumor was located in my cerebellum so it can it affected all my motor skills and uh, my balance so I pretty much had to relearn how to walk um, and it was kind of this time where I started to slip into 
I, I would say a depression. I didn't, I mean, I just felt like I was glued to my bed. I couldn't do anything on my own. I couldn't brush my teeth or get dressed. Um, and I just stayed in my room and stared at the wall for a few days. And then my dad finally came in and said, okay, let's, let's, uh, start this road to recovery mm-hmm. and um, I we decided that we were gonna go on walks every day whether that was just down the hallway in the house or if it was gonna be outside to the car um, and eventually then that turned into getting into the car and getting into the dance studio and just walking the hallways the dance studio um, until I was actually back in the studio and dancing again what was that? What was that like? What was going through your head in regard to you know before you went under for that surgery? What was the, what was the last thing that was going through your head right before then? And then when you came out and you get out and you're in in bed and you can't move and so what was that like? Yeah, I I I mean the whole process from the diagnosis and leading up to surgery was just terrifying because I had never had surgery, I'd never broken a bone, I'd, I'd never even sprained anything before then. Um, and I, I remember asking my dad, am I gonna die? Um, but, you know, he, my parents tried to keep me optimistic. Um, Again, I didn't have too much time to process everything because it was really, it was a really fast, um, a fast situation. Um, But I do remember like those last moments counting down from 10 as I'm getting the anesthesia. Uh, I remember feeling the tears running off my cheeks um, because I just wasn't sure what was going to happen. And then once I did wake up... um, Everything, it felt like a movie. Everything was kind of sideways and blurry, and I, it almost felt like a, like a dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and then over a, the course of a few days um, or a week or so, I started to, my mental state kind of started coming back. Um, but it was very discouraging at first because I couldn't get out of bed and half my hair was gone and you know I you know was in high school and this is this is the yeah. point in my life where I'm starting to you know gain a little more independence and suddenly I'm not gaining any independence and I'm losing independence and I don't know who I am anymore I don't know what I'm doing anymore um, and my career aspirations felt like they were out the door because you know I I can't do anything um, so it was very discouraging very depressing for uh, a couple weeks but yeah how did you what was the first step what 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 did you gain a, a foothold on that really kind of got you going in the right direction there was there one thing where you were there and then all of a sudden this one little thing kind of burst through and you grabbed a hold of it and that was what helped pull you up and pull you out of it yeah um so this is something that you know i've I've tried to wrap my mind around a lot, and I think it comes down to three different things that kind of work together. One, like I've always had kind of the step-up personality, like I can do it. Like I don't, I don't say no to a challenge. Um, this was definitely the first challenge that 
that was that feeling kind of started to slip away um but my dad came in and he sat down on the bed and we had a really long talk one day um and this was kind of the turning point um he just asked like what what was it that i wanted out of life um you know what what makes you happy how can we make you happy again um, we talked about just my purpose and you know I said I want to dance I want to be able to be with my friends I want my old life back um, and he he made a deal with me and he said okay well let's get out of bed and go on these walks and see if we can get back into the dance studio you can see your friends again you can put on your dance shoes again you know we'll see it'll it'll take as long as it takes and that's fine um let's just do something so uh it was hard but i said yeah okay let's do something so then from there on out, every day we got up and he walked with me out of bed. Um, and eventually, like I said, we would just walk down the hallway and back. And then the next day we might make it outside the front door and back um, until eventually we got in the car and we were able to actually go to the dance studio again. And once I was in the dance studio, the, uh, the directors that I had been training with, they were getting ready to put on their production of The Nutcracker. And originally, before we had found out that I had a brain tumor and before all of this experience happened, um, it was planned that I would dance the role of Clara in that season. Um, Obviously, things kind of changed once right. once they got the diagnosis. That changed a little bit. But um, once they saw me back in, in the studio, just walking through the hallways, I, I mean, now that I think about it, I don't know if they were just, you know, sad, sad to see me how I was. But they said hey if you want you know let's keep this as a motivation you can have you can dance the role of Clara if you want to um, even though it was two months out mm -hmm. um, my little ambitious self said yeah mm -hmm. okay sure and then suddenly those walks with my dad turned into um, little solo sessions where I was working in the dance studio by myself to try and get you know do a plie and then do a grand batman and then do chenets and a leap and uh that pretty much mo that part motivated me to get back on my feet faster do you think that was intentional on their part that they knew you needed something like that and they threw that out there for you saying yeah here it is come and get it oh definitely yeah um i think at the time that's not how i saw it i i I, I didn't really think about about it like that, but now as the years have gone back by and I look back on it, definitely I think um, they knew that would be the motivation I needed um, because they knew my personality. They knew that I don't step down from a challenge. Um, so that was kind of their way of pushing me even further, definitely. How It sounds like your dad has been a tremendous influence and rock in your life explain how he became that you know stability for you and how much that has meant to you 
Uh, my dad is my best friend. Um, yeah, I, I think about this all the time because he's definitely the rock of everything. Um, I don't know. He's he's always he's been the single um, person, you know, bringing in money for the family. He's always held a full time job, and my mom she's dealt with um, illness my whole life. Um, so you know, he's always been a real step up person, like get everything done. Um, he takes on a lot of weight on his shoulders. And I think that has passed on to me a little bit. And he's kind of like my role model. And I don't remember what your question was, but um, <laughs> how, how, how what is that? What is that meant to you? And obvi- like I said, obviously he has been the huge, huge influence and stability in your life. And um, going through these turbulent times that had to be incredibly important to you. And um, you can hear the admiration you have for him and it just, you know, explain that a little bit more, you know, what's that, what that's meant to you. Yeah. I, I think um, just everything that he's done for my mom and I, and now his grandson has just, it means the world. Um, He's pushed me to be the best version of who I am. And I think also vice versa. I think now today I inspire him to keep being the best version of him. And it's kind of a two-way flow here. But, um, yeah, he's. I wouldn't be where I am or who I am without the contributions he's made. Mm-hmm. Was there a time when you felt like you'd, finally turned the corner like you finally recovered and you were finally back to like you maybe you didn't even realize it and you were in the middle of a dance routine and it just kind of struck you like oh my god i'm back to where i was only changed yeah um definitely like back in 2008 i think it was when i got up on the stage and performed in point shoes and a costume and I had the fake hair and everything Mm -hmm. I think that was definitely like a oh my gosh I made it I'm doing this like I'm back on a stage um I think that was definitely a turning moment but I don't think I've really I don't know like I don't think I've ever been exactly back to where I used to be um I think I've gotten better and I think that you know it's I don't know since I've I've been teaching dance classes for the past eight years and I think probably once I started teaching that was the moment when I was like wow I I really did make it happen and um my story has made me an even better teacher. I think I'm better now than I ever could have been before. Um, and my, my role as a dance teacher is better than the role of just uh, a ballerina on stage. And I think um, eight years ago when I started teaching, that was kind of the moment when I was like, this is, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is, this is it. How has uh, that helped you... Um as a teacher, as a, as a human being, how has it helped you empathize with with other people who are going through certainly not the exact same thing that you went through, but other really difficult times? 
Yeah. Um, I think as a teacher, uh, like, the really cool thing is that I get to kind of talk to, I work with a lot of different ages. I mean, as young as two and a half, and as I've taught adult classes before. Um, but I always kind of offer my mentorship, or I try to offer my companionship and my support um, beyond just being a dance teacher, because I know that we all go through things. Um, and for me, the dance studio that I grew up with the motto was more than dance and that's something that I think I still try to implement into my classes um, you know you're yes you're gonna learn the technique but this is more than dance this is kind of like a home this is where you can feel accepted and free to be whoever you want and share whatever you want or put whatever you don't want to share into your work and into your expression and your creativity and um, it's my my story and my experience has definitely connected me with people on a different level so um okay so tell us a little bit about where you're at right now um is there anything else between then and now that you want to add anything in particular that um a substantial impactful event in your life that you feel obviously you know you're a mother now and yeah, yeah. you know things that that have uh, also augmented your reality and have you know brought out a different side of you and helped you grow and evolve yeah um i'm a mom i think that's definitely changed who i am completely another total identity shift um my son's two and a half so i mean honestly when he was first born i didn't really know what I was going to do, who, like, I didn't really know who I was, um, because it was like this whole identity shift and, uh, figuring out suddenly I'm not just taking care of myself, but I'm raising a little, sure. I'm raising a human being. Um, but since he's been here, I feel like I've stepped into this next chapter that is even better than the previous one. And I went back to school and I'm graduating in May um, and I'm going to be pursuing nonprofit work. And I feel like I feel like I'm even more passionate about like social justice and women empowerment and anti-bullying. And like there's just all these things that I want to explore more. And I feel like he's kind of inspired me to explore more options and different things. So when you first found out about this award, um, what was that like? Were you like, oh my God, Dad, why'd you do this? <laughs> no, um, well, kind of. But uh, when, so I like, it was really brief one morning. I was rushing off to get, um, I stopped at the house after dropping my son off at daycare. I was grabbing something for school, and my dad was like, hey, there's this contest going on. I think I'm going to nominate you. And I was just like, okay, dad, sure. Like, I wasn't really listening that much because I was in a rush. And I was like, well, just because he nominates me doesn't mean I'm going to get, like, picked or anything like that. Um, but once I was called by the station saying hey we'd like to get um some footage and talk to you uh you're one of our finalists i was like oh my gosh what um definitely crazy definitely was not expecting it but 
uh, it was really, really cool. I, I, I was a little speechless and shocked because <laughs> definitely some parental bias there, but, you know, it was cool. <laughs> so what was it like to be chosen of all the nominees? And, okay, you're going to be the representative for the Quad Cities. How did that feel? And how do you think that can help you? You're talking about you know anti-bullying initiatives and you know working with not-for-profits. How do you think that that can help you in regard to um, spreading that message and uh, giving you that platform? Well, first, I I think like I feel almost undeserving in the sense because I know so many remarkable women in the Quad Cities um, that are doing just insanely awesome things, and then I I just feel like they need to be highlighted um but the fact such as <laughs> such as like kit ford um she's with argro's house and there's michaela hughes shaw and jasmine babers they do love girls magazine i mean the list is endless justine um sibo mana she's quaso designs like i don't know I, I could just list so many people um that literally everybody that i meet inspires me to be like a better version of myself and I have so much gratitude to everybody in the Quad Cities because they've made me who I am but um, the fact that I have been chosen to I guess represent the Quad Cities definitely like I feel like I feel like I have little bits of so many different people in the Quad Cities in me Uh that it's almost like cool I feel like I can represent you guys in a good way like uh, this is this i got this this will be cool um it's definitely helping me to remember not remember but kind of remember like as you go through your day-to-day routine and as i take my son to daycare and go to school like it just becomes a routine to try and get to the end and sometimes you know your purpose falls to the back of your mind um And this has definitely been a reminder of what my purpose is and how I can start to use my platform and, you know, exactly where I want, like, I want to work on, I want to get into motivational speaking or get into the nonprofit field. I want to give back to the community. And I feel like this whole experience has just reminded me of kind of where I want to go from here. So what happens next? You mentioned you're going to be heading out to New York. Yeah, uh, so next week, the all all of the women that have been the finalists in, in the nation, we all fly out to New York City, and we'll be going, sitting in the audience um, on the Mel Robbins show. And we were wondering who Mel Robbins was, so you'll find out personally. So you'll have to let me know, Victoria. Well, I do know, I do know that she's a motivational speaker. Okay. Um, I know she's given a TED Talk. So, um, on, I think like the five second rule, which is just about getting up and doing things and getting stuff done. (laughs) It's not about if, if food falls on the ground, whether you can eat it or not. Yeah, not quite. Not quite. (laughs) You're going to say that. I don't know. I don't think that'd be that motivational of a Ted talk. Yeah, probably not. But, uh, so that, but it'll be a really awesome experience. Um, I'm. I don't know. I don't really know what to expect. I'm just excited to meet all these other super awesome, inspiring women. And I'm sure I'll get a lot out of it and come back home just feeling inspired to do the next best thing. So So do they pick 
a national person out of all of you or are you all just representing the different communities that that they selected so we are i mean we are all representing uh the different communities but they are um going to pick an overall winner um i think the announcement comes out on the show um but yeah and i think the show airs at like that very end of march so that's when it's actually announced to the public right. but yeah i guess there there will be an overall winner so 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 aside from obviously the recognition in the platform what did you receive for for winning this award I get a. <laughs> like, I get ten percent um, off at participating subways. Right. right. Um, well, I get the trip to New York City. I get to stay across from Central Park. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a bus tour with all these. We get like a tour of the city, mm-hmm. and then we go on the show and. Yeah. A graph photo of Mel Robbins. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, some good networking. <laughs> you know. All the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, no subway coupons, but <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I, could, I could tell you're so disappointed in regard to that. <laughs> very, very. <laughs> Maybe you can work out a de- you know you can work out a deal with Subway and yeah, you know tell them that right, and you can get the coupons. Right. right. Um, you always got to be thinking, Victoria. Right. And I can I can tell them, hey, maybe next year when right. you do this again, you should um, uh, add this in. Right. You can parlay that into yeah, some yeah. sandwich action there. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So what do you plan on? Um, I mean, here you've got this coming up in the next couple of weeks. What do you plan on on doing with this? Utilizing this as a springboard to what do you what do you have in mind? Is there something in particular that you're planning that you want to <laughs> let people know about that, you know, maybe you're trying to organize people or get something going? I don't feel like I'm that ahead of things <laughs> or I have a good answer. <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot there, Victoria. <laughs> because I, I'm not planning anything at the moment. <laughs> um, I'm just going to use this platform to just soak in all my pride at home <laughs> and watch binge watch Hulu shows. I don't know. Um, no, I... I um, I don't know. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't really thought about the next step. Um, that's <laughs> aside from that subway thing, <laughs> right? Yeah. Aside from that, right. but I mean, definitely like something that I've always. Yeah, this is this is a sidetrack because uh-huh. I don't have an answer for that. I'm not really planning anything at the moment, but um, I my experience all throughout life has taught me to set small goals mm-hmm. and focus on the small things and that will take me to the bigger things so i'm kind of just focusing on the day-to-day and the small goals and just trying to get through graduation at the moment but um yeah like i said i plan to get into nonprofit work Uh, i go to school for writing uh, strategic communication and journalism so uh i don't know i'm gonna figure out how to use my voice and my platform after graduation I'll, I'll probably I'll probably write a book at some point mm-hmm. do something share my story even more but yeah <laughs> what, what would you like to do I mean what overarching goals I mean if you could you know accomplish whatever you wanted to do within the next five to ten years what would you want that to be <sighs> there's a lot of things um I mean, my overall goal is just to raise my son and to be a 
happy, smart, bright little kid uh, who feels like he can do anything. Mm-hmm. But you know, if I could, if I could advocate for girl empowerment and uh, I don't know, anti-bullying. I mean, those are things that I care about a lot. Um, I plan on continuing to share my story and continue to teach dance classes and um, get involved with community work as much as I can, um, and no matter where I end up. So that's not really a great answer or anything like that, but... <laughs> but but it, it is in its own way. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Is there anything else that you'd like to add that you think is really important for our audience to to know about or that you know just that you'd like to say i will kind of throw it out there and plug it that um march 29th i'll be giving a ted talk at the tedx youth event at the putnam um i think tickets are only seven dollars or at least seven dollars for students um and i'll be talking about just the importance of curiosity asking the hows and the whys and how that can help us really i'm talking about being environmentally conscious um because we need to care about our planet but uh you know that could go pretty much for anything so but yeah people should come to the event (laughs) (laughs) and how can they get tickets for that event again um i think if you just google (laughs) i don't i mean i don't have a a link but if you just hop on google um tedx youth at davenport 2020 (laughs) it's march 29th what time is it again uh, I think it's uh, 5 p.m. Okay. No, don't quote me. I'm not sure. It's at the Putnam, though. Yes, it's March at the Putnam. 29th. March 29th at the Putnam. You can see Victoria Viren and the name of the award, the Aspirational Women's Award. Is that correct? Remarkable Women. Remarkable. Yes. <laughs> okay, Remarkable Women's Award. My bad. Um, and good luck. I mean, you'll have to let us know. I know that, you know, usually there's a non-disclosure you can't say anything until the show airs but um i'd love for you to come back on the show and let us know how it went and let us know how the ted talk went and if there's yeah i know that we're going to be interested to see what you're going to do next because you know certainly seems like you've got a lot of inspiration and ideas in making the quad cities a better place so that's very cool well thank you so much And thank you for listening to QC Uncut, Uncut, Unedited, Uncensored Conversation with Local Newsmakers. I am Sean Leary, your host, and hope you have a great day.